You're listening to episode 110 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Hey, you know how I'm always trying to replace people on this podcast? Uh, I couldn't help but notice that Pete's not here again this week, so I was thinking it's time to replace him. Do not worry and do not fret. I have just the person in mind to replace Pete and Bessie. He's a tour de force, and he can play multiple people on this show. Kale Ward, step on up. You got this, Kale. This is your audition. Hold on. We just did this. Huh? Did you guys tried to replace me with Henry Cavill. Yeah, well, he's a famous actor, and I'm trying to replace people on the show. Come on, audition. Let's hear it. Let's, let's hear your Pete. He's going to play two people on this show. You want me? You want me to do a Pete? Did you say something smart? <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't be my impression of Pete. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I think we got a replacement for Pete. He's done. We don't have to get our ears blown out every week when we do a random question. We got a replacement. Now playing the part of Kale Ward and Pete and Bessie. Kale Ward. Hey. He's like Eddie Murphy in uh, all those movies. Awesome. In every single one of his movies. <laughs> this Every went way one. worse than I thought it would. Thank you, Phil. Be careful, you might be next to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um you're gonna have a very hard time replacing the host. That's yeah, not that hard. Well, People do it all the time. Uh, maybe Henry Cavill will do it. <laughs> well, listen guys, I hate to break it to you, but I've heard the episodes you guys did without me. <laughs> they weren't spicy. <laughs> Well, to be fair, you left Marco in charge of one of them, so. All right. No, uh, well, oh, yeah. That's yeah. A, you know, that's, so that's a good That one. one's on you. Yeah. And you know what? That one was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Remember that main topic? Are the X-Men SJWs? No. You got to go back and listen to that because that shit's funny. I heard that and uh, it was really good because there was a part where Marco was like reading a tweet and I swear, it's unintelligible. Like, you cannot understand what that tweet says. It's just, it's tough. Well, that was, that, that was Kale being Pete, everyone. That's, that's Pete's laugh, right? That was awesome. This guy's a natural. Oh, man. All right. Uh... <laughs> I do kind of want to listen to that now, though. I, me too, believe me. Uh, we, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, it's a stuffed one. Uh, before we get into all of that, I do want to rap to you guys a little bit about where you can find us all over the net. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to hear more of our stuff, we are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, where you guys are great to us, uh, and all other podcast hosting platforms, pretty much. We are at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. You can drop us a like, hit us with a comment, Subscribe to our channel and share this video with your friends. All of those things are free to do and help us out a lot more than they cost you. If you are an audio-only listener and you don't check out the YouTube page, you're missing out on a lot. I'll tell you that because we've got tons of interviews and exclusive content over there. But also, like I said, it helps us out. If you go over there and you just smash that subscribe button one time, it does a lot for us. So we'd appreciate it mightily if you would. Now, in addition to all of that, we've got our Pride of Baghdad book club out right now. 
you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. It's a great book. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Nico Henrikon, I think is his name. Uh, Henry Chone. Henry Chone. You know how many times I had to hear that when I was editing the video? I bet it was a <laughs> fuck ton. Because <laughs> I, I listened to it once while I was posting it, and I went, well, turning this off. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. You guys are going to want to check that out. And then next up, uh, coming down the pipe, we've got Klaus, right, by uh, Morrison. Right. And then we've also got Aquaman by Jeff Johns. There you go. Boom. And we'll be posting... Uh, I think the same. Aquaman first. Uh, Aquaman's coming up first on the fourteenth, and then Klaus on the twenty-fifth, and we'll post reading the reading lists uh, Monday or Tuesday. Just in time for Christmas. Yep. All, all that fish you wanted for Christmas. Now I have been hearing a lot about a particular Discord server. So the Longbox Podcast launched a Discord server. And, uh, you know, I'm not a part of it because I figure, how good could this really be, right? So, but but Kale and Marco, they, they're involved. And they say that it's 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 enjoyable somewhat. You know, they, it's not like they're singing the praises like crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a decent little <laughs> I mean, pot. It's, it's a decent little server. It's run by the two grossest people on the internet. So, Ty, real, Tyler, how, how good could, could it be? The grossest people on the internet. I mean, just by being affiliated with oh. Wait, this is my first hearing of it. What are you talking about, Sean? Uh, so, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty plain and simple. The Longbox Podcast has launched a Discord server. Uh, obviously, they are friends of ours. Um, and uh, I've heard it's, you know, it's, it's a quaint little place. Until recently, I was told that they added a lewd channel. And that was enough to get my mind working, right? <laughs> so now I feel like I need to be involved with this. So what I want to do is I want you guys right now to send me the invite <laughs> to the Longbox Podcast <laughs> Discord because I want to see what the hell is going on over there. Marco said that it's all tasteful, and if that's the case, then I want to see. <laughs> Listen, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, just I was here. scrolling back through, and I just saw an image. And it's it's tasteful. Okay, two things here. I need to digest. One, Marco wouldn't know tasteful if it bit him in the butt. Two, Not what's it true. called? It often does. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> and two, what's this channel called? The Gutter. Yes, well, because that's where you all belong now. You're right. So send me there by hitting me with this link, Kale. Yeah, hold on. You're sure? You're let Sean listen. We've been friends a while. We've been doing this for a long time yeah. now. I I want to... It's not good. <laughs> Let, I just like... You might say it's bad. You don't want to... Are you, you sure? Might say it probably is. That If it's bad, that's even better. If, it, if it's bad, that's actually much better for the show. So I, I have to see this. I'm sure Stormy Daniels is littered throughout there, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, I don't boy. think that's Marco or Matt's flavor. Or Marco's. It is Marco's flavor. You think so? He no. told me. He told me in the Discord. All right, here we go. Here we go. I got the link. How <laughs> we did it at the same time. I got the link. Yes, these guys were gracious enough to send it at the exact same time. And so. Oh, my God. Why is this a live review? 
You know why? Because that's what we do on this show. We do live reviews. Uh, we review films, and we also review uh, 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 Discord servers. Make sure, make sure to go. Uh, make sure to go to introductions, so that way you can introduce yourself to the Discord to the server. I'm not gonna be introducing myself to the Discord. <laughs> well, I all right, you're gonna have to follow the rules. <laughs> my my name is Sean Bartley. Uh, I am 34 years old. Excuse I'm a male, me. and I am. <laughs> I, I, I live at so and so address in so and so town. How dare you? <laughs> ASL guys. ASL. All right, I'm in. I made it in. I'm in the I'm in the Discord. Uh, and I see, let's see, there's an announce. It hit me with the announcements page, and they just released episode 120, 120. Actually, it didn't just release it. It came out a while ago. Update your Discord. Uh, episode 120, <laughs> Paw Slut. Okay, great. That was a good one. Uh, oh, my God. W- all right, so where's this? Where's where's the lewd? This is the lewd one. All right. Yeah. You know oh. what? This... We should have thought about this a little more. Having me do this for the first time probably would have been a lot funnier. Well, you know what, man? This is my bit. All right. I've joined, I've joined the Lewd channel, and the first thing I see is a panel <laughs> of just focused purely on Black Cat's bust. What are we doing here, guys? It, I mean, it's the Lewd channel. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking for Marco's first post. Let's see. Scroll, scroll always at the top. All right, all right. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, the first oh, no. post. The first post is uh, oh oh my. All right, good experiment. Wait, okay. So the first post is of Big Barda. Fine, that makes sense. The second post is of a. Uh, what is Murphy? This? I mean, a, it's Murphy. It's a. It's a big. It. I mean, it's a it's a fat guy saying he 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 bueno. This is the kind of content oh, we're posting on a. It's Murphy. You know what? I'm leaving this Discord. Wait. I'm leaving. Acknowledge I'm mine. Done. Acknowledge Mar- Marco. Just how about you just tell me? Acknowledge what? me, Marcos, senpai. Marcos is. <laughs> What are we doing here? Marcos. Listen, you wanted this. I did want this. You weren't ready for this. Marcos is of a a man slapping a woman's behind. Very That's so vanilla, dude. Yeah, that I was you know what? I was expecting a lot more than this. I was expecting some swamp tentacles. I tried to tell you it was bad. Yeah, you're right. I should have listened to you, Kale. That was as lame as the bit. All right, uh, we're moving on from so, that because I'm so leaving this. You're Discord. telling them to step up their game. Yeah, when we have a Discord, our lewd channel is going to be better. I'll say. Oh that no, much. no, no! We're not having a lewd channel. We'll have. It's, it's well, weird that Phil is the. the, the voice yeah, right. Of the what's I'm the? I'm the decent one. Can I just also point out that Matt's <laughs> Discord name, his like hashtag, is King of Golden Showers. <laughs> What the hell? Is he, is he the king of that? Uh, you, so you, you've never listened to the Longbox podcast? I I mean, I, I have. <sighs> All right, let's move on. Uh, join their Discord. The Longbox guys are good guys. Just don't don't go to the Lude channel. The the whole Discord is a lot more than just the Lude channel. That's that's a new thing. So Right. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's read some some uh, listener mail here. We've, we've All got right. a couple. If, if you want to, show was over. If you want to get that uh, that taste out of your mouth, here's a little uh, here's a little reader mail from Nerdy Blurb TV. Uh, they commented on our YouTube. Uh, this is from episode 109. Should comics whitewash history? Uh, and they say, first off, no. History censored becomes fantasy, someone else's reality. I'm a fan of telling history in any story, in any storytelling medium, and I know that liberties will be taken. But that's different, right? Taking liberties is different than the actively changing how we understand how the world used to work. I think it's important to learn about the progress and even the digression we've made from the past. So therefore, we have to see what it once was. So thanks for writing in, Nerdy Blurb. Um, so you didn't, you just didn't listen to the episode at all. You just read the title, <laughs> or <laughs> now I know that was Kale, not Pete. Yeah, it's like I mean, we did like a whole two-hour episode, and like you know. That I mean, that was at least the last half hour, and he just kind of like like the the title wasn't the question. So <laughs> I do like when Kale goes after our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I um, I guess I guess this is probably one of those instances where someone with a YouTube channel was trying to uh, generate a conversation with us, you know to. Shit, maybe maybe we should uh, reply to one of their episodes of, of whatever in the same way, just based on the title. No, Yoshi's not secretly Mario's brother. I'm assuming that's one of their episodes, like a very clickbaity episode where it's like, is Yoshi Mario's brother? <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to the next one. <clears throat> All right, so Ryan Klubeck, good friend of the show. Ryan Klubeck is back. He's Klubeck. Uh, wrote in on episode 109 <laughs> uh, oh this was the last episode Yeah. Uh, Ryan writes hi guys I can't thank you enough for deciding to go with my book club recommendation of Claws for the month of December I'd love to reread it in preparation for the episode but family life and holiday preparations are keeping me occupied at the moment well you're not even trying then are you Ryan <laughs> are you Ryan <clears throat> anyway uh, Ryan continues, nevertheless, I'm very excited to hear what you all have to say about the book. I'm just psyched you're doing one of my picks. And again, I thank you for it. You're welcome. Get off our dicks. <clears throat> Speaking of rereading stuff, I have a question for you guys. We had our discussion about Grant Morrison last week, and I really appreciated all the thoughtful responses you provided. By the way, I hope you didn't think I was using the term, quote, full Morrison, unquote, in a negative way. I, too, love the fact that Grant takes risks with his writing. Anyway, I've noticed some of Morrison's stories are more enjoyable on a second read, which brings me to the following question. How often do you guys find yourselves reading a particular comic, not liking it very much, and then rereading it, only to end up loving it? Well, I think Marco should answer this one first. Well, I'm not finished. So right. hold your hold uh, your goddamn dick. Uh, that's my that's my Pete impression. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I had this experience with Morrison's Joe the Barbarian and Batman R.I.P. some time ago. Well, you know we're going to talk about that. And just recently, I had the same experience with The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker. Ooh, good series. We're going to talk about that, too. Goddamn, Ryan. 
had the same experience with the fade out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I don't know why I couldn't initially see that that last one for the awesome piece of period perfect noir that it was, but I fucking loved it this time. If you guys have had such experiences, can you recall specific books or have you noticed a trend with specific writers? Thanks again for reading and, you know, yet again for that whole book club thing. Sincerely, Ryan. What a nice awesome. boy. Thank you. Uh, so that'll serve as our random question of the week. <clears throat> um, anybody want to jump in here and tackle that first? Uh, well, first I wanted to see uh, how Kellis Pete does with the random question of the week phrase. <clears throat> Kellis. <clears throat> All right. Let me uh, <clears throat> just get a drink here. He's got a... Wash his mouth out after all the shit he said. <laughs> Make as much noise as possible. <clears throat> the random question of the week. You know, given the state of Pete's voice uh, right now, that's, that's probably, probably what it actually sounds like. Yeah, that's probably what it sounds like. Uh, Marco, uh, you had an interesting uh, reaction to reading All Star Superman a second time as opposed to your first time. That's why I thought of you. Uh, I did, and um, I wasn't actually going to use that as my example, but I'll roll with it. Because okay. uh-huh. uh, I, I, I do remember it being a book that coming back to, it sort of was like a different um, a different perspective. I think I had read a little bit more of his writing and sort of understood how it is that he sort of formulates his stories and, and drives narrative. Um, and then being able to come back to that and understand a little bit more as to like what he's pulling from and what he's trying to show um made it the book that much more enjoyable and made it something that i appreciated a little bit more especially the first time knowing that the, for me it felt too loose and there was a lot that i was pulling from that i didn't understand and impacted the way i read it um so coming back to it uh definitely liked it a lot more there you have it also superman is a great book and pete needs to do the same thing because he was kind of wishy-washy on it when uh, we did the book club so hmm. pete get get back on it baby all right um i thought i'm going yeah phil go for it <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was abrupt um so this is the thing i actually don't reread books terribly often my kind of philosophy uh is if i'm gonna sit down and read something i want to read something i haven't read it's the same thing with television it's the same thing with movies i don't really rewatch anything i don't reread anything and i should don't get me wrong it's just there's so much i haven't read and i want to invest that time in rereading in reading something i haven't read for a new experience um that said i've read all Star superman probably like 20 times uh it's my favorite graphic novel it's my favorite comic book uh, and every time I read it, I get more out of it. Uh, it's well, a pick very... another one because I talked about that. Right. Well, <laughs> shit. I don't know what else I've read. I'm looking at my own bookshelf right now, and I'm like, read it once, read it once, read it once. Daredevil. Um, only read it once. Really? Yeah. Damn. Uh, well, we we're eventually gonna do a Born Again book club, and I will reread that. Uh, so I don't know. Um. If I, if I dislike something, I'm not so inclined to come back to it either. Uh, How about I, a Mega Man? I guess I did read that twice. I read it. Uh, we 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 did a um, we did a review of Mega Man on the Longbox podcast two years ago, and uh, I was the second time I reread it because I was reading it weekly when the book came out. Um, 
that was a book where there was a lot to miss, I think, the first time through. Uh, Tom King really stuffed that baby. So did, uh, oh, who who's the artist on Omega Man? Uh, starts with a B. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, it does. Oh, oh man. Yes. What's his name? Barnaby. Barnaby Begenda. Something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Barnaby yep. Begenda. There you have it. Uh, they they stuffed that with a lot of stuff. And this is really early in Tom King's kind of uh, comic book career. And we did not know uh, what kind of writer he was going to be. And there's a lot of the nine panels that he likes to use frequently in a lot of his books. Uh, that was a book I got a lot out of the second time. Uh, I really like the pacing. Um, I really like the way he ended every issue with kind of like a, a classical literature quote. Uh, which obviously can be done to death in books. Uh, uh, like Jeff Johns does it in Doomsday Clock and everything. Uh, but there's a reason why that's my favorite book of 2015. And that's a book where you substantially get more out of it the second, and probably the third time you read it, frankly. Okay, that's awesome. Doesn't answer the question. I, I know it doesn't, but Marco put me on the spot. Uh, so I, I'm... I guess I'm similar to Phil within comics, except that I reread things constantly. Uh, I just don't reread things. So you're not at all. No, 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 no. I reread things constantly. It's just that I don't reread things I don't like. Um, And I'm only like that in comics. I've I listen to albums that I don't like a lot, actually, because I want to like them. Uh, And I know of myself that with music and sometimes film, I may engage with something and dislike it and then come back to it later and like it. Uh, but with comics, it's hard for me to sit down and, and read something that I know I don't like. Um, but it has happened. Uh, and the, the example that comes to mind is Bendis' Secret Invasion. I hated Secret Invasion the first time I read it because I didn't like a lot of the... I I thought that it was going to be more of a sort of mystery book in a way, just because of the the way that that was set up. It was set up with, you know, Elektra dying and and turning into a scroll and who can you trust and all this kind of stuff. And I thought they were setting up something that would be subtle and Secret Invasion had all the subtle subtlety of, you know, me smashing a hammer into the wall. It just didn't really... Um, bring the flavor that I thought it would. And so I really disliked it and I put it down and didn't read it again for probably a, a, de- a decade or close to it. Um, and then I finally reread it and I actually really liked it the second time around. And I think that's because I didn't, I wasn't as invested because I already know what happens. Um, so I didn't, I didn't care about what that meant, what the things that happened in the book meant for the future of Marvel because I already know how that played out. So I was able to just read it as a as a piece of work, um, and I really enjoyed it. You know what? That was a book I really hated. Maybe I should go back and reread it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that you'll have the same reaction that I did, but um, yeah. Kel, what about you? I'm trying to think. I I don't know. It's similar to to you guys. If if I don't like it, or if I'm put off for any reason, I just uh don't go back to it i don't yeah i don't give a shit the only thing the only thing that comes to mind immediately is 
and I don't even think this is a quality thing. It was just a uh a new fan shitty reaction. Um Joe. when Oh geez, actually, okay, I have two examples along the same line. Um, when uh, Peter Parker reveals his identity in Civil War, I threw the book down and swore I would never uh, read another Spider-Man comic book again. That lasted maybe three issues. <laughs> um, and then in... Um, uh, uh, much later when Dan Slott was on the book when Doc Ock takes over uh, Peter Parker's body as, as Spider-Man and, and begins the Superior Spider-Man run it was a, a very similar thing um, and then li- as I kind of heard about things that were happening I picked it up and was like alright I'll give this a, another try and I, I really uh, enjoyed how it ended and um uh, I know I've voiced that on this show several times. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the one of the the more uh, one of the better uh, aspects of a writer sticking to his guns until the very very end. Um, those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there are others, but I, I couldn't tell you what they are. Fair enough. Um, cool. Yeah. So thank you for the question. As far as the rest of your, um, your email here, uh, yeah, in regards to, um, Batman RIP, that, that one for me was an instant, I instantly was in love. Um, yeah. The fade out. That was a very polarizing book when it came out. Yes. I remember. I remember. The, The internet was very torn over the quality of Batman R.I.P. And I remember loving it when it came out. I thought it was Yeah, I started with that reading a random issue. For those of you who are very uh, adept with that series, it's the one where Batman is is being interrogated by one of the three Batmen. Um, Right. Oh, that's... We've talked about this on the show before, actually. Yeah. I started with that random issue, and I read that issue only, like, back to back to back to back, because I loved it so much, and then I went and had to get all the back issues that had come before, and I was hooked, and that was it for me. Maybe we should uh, revisit that series sometime, Sean. Maybe we should. Uh, Joe the Barbarian, I, it was okay. I wasn't, like, over the moon with that one, but maybe I should reread that, actually. That could be a book club, possibly. And then I've never read it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. And then the fade out is a book that I I, I enjoyed, but another that one where I good. I wasn't over the hill with that one. I wasn't really, like, yeah. Um, so I, was be it because the ending messed you up, or uh, I don't know, man. There was just something about I just couldn't fully invest in it. I had a problem investing. And I'm not sure if it was okay. the characters or the time frame, but I just couldn't really get into it all the way. Oh, that's the uh, that's the only one I've read is the the fade uh, out. Yeah, I think I've read the first volume, and I was crazy about it. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I'd recommend reading reading that over. That that is that's a good one, uh, Ryan. That, that's a good call out. 
I, I read that one over, and it, it delivers more so, I think, than the second read. You got the Marco seal of approval over here. Yeah, I think with with that, I'll I'll definitely uh, I'll give it another chance. That sounds that sounds right to me. I believe it. They they've never let me down before. Um, yeah, Ed and Sean. So I'll uh, I'll give that another read. Thanks for writing in, Ryan. We really appreciate it. And if you guys want to write in uh, to us, you can do so the way he did by writing to us at the Comics Pals at gmail.com so uh keep those uh keep those letters coming our way we we love it um let's do some some pals polls real quick uh from kale we've got mighty morphin power rangers soul of the dragon so this is the uh ogn that uh kyle higgins the uh former current and former writer of the the mighty morphin power rangers line um current and former writer what does that mean? well i think he's doing i think he's still doing gogo um he he never was okay never mind then then he's former because marguerite bennett has officially taken over yeah okay Got it. so the former the former uh writer for for mighty morphin power rangers um this is sort of um it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of like an old man tommy um book it's like the last days of uh, of um, uh, the Green Ranger or whatever. Um, his son gets in trouble, and uh, this is like, I guess, Tommy's life after all of his his time as a ranger. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what uh, what the future holds the for um, the Rangers. Although I did just read, I do realize what uh what um uh, a hypocrite that makes me based on a couple episodes ago for old man quill <laughs> where, where, to, where to put my dragon dagger Kim, kimberly i can't find it <laughs> listen son did you know i used to be a teenager with attitude <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Oh, I can't fit in the damn spandex anymore. Uh, I... The dragon zord used to let me ride on its head, but it doesn't anymore because I can't fit. I don't think NFL players should kneel during the anthem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, and then uh, Kale, you also chose Shazam White Ranger one. Tiger Power. Yes, no, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll go for it. Uh, so Shazam number one by Jeff Johns and uh, Dale Inglesham comes out this week. Uh, Hell yeah, dude, I'm into it. Yeah, big fan, big fan of uh, Shazam Cap- slash Captain Marvel, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Um, I'm here for it. I'm very. You'll always be Captain Marvel to me. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very excited that there will finally be a new shazam captain marvel book on the uh, on the shelves so it's it's been some time and it's been too long too there's a there's a certain whimsy that that character in that title has that uh, i don't think really any other book has because of its uh history um so i'm glad it's i'm glad it's back frankly yeah uh we've you know we've talked a little bit about this book um in the past just how excited we are for it to come out and um, this is the first salvo of um, Jeff Johns' upcoming work. He's got the Batman Three Jokers thing. 
uh, this Shazam oh, yeah. thing, and then there's one other thing. I can't remember what it is, but uh, so really excited for this. Now, Marco has uh, a, a laundry list he wants to run down. This is a big week. Uh, this upcoming week is really big for comics. So, uh, Marco, why don't you take the floor and just run down that list? So I got LaGuardia number one. Martian Manhunter number one, which I know Sean you were looking yes. for too. Oh shit! I, yeah, I also, that yep. was coming out. Uh, Breakneck That's number one, uh, which is from Titan Smaller. Doomsday Clock eight. Uh, Green Lantern number two. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That's coming out. I didn't see Green Lantern yeah. number two. Snack Girl number twelve. Uh, so that's for you, PD. The Freeze number one, Prodigy number one, Snap Flash Hustle number one, Die number one, and Self Made number one. That's a that's a hefty list. My my first thought when we had Marco uh, just read things that he wants to buy was why are we letting him do this? But it was actually really useful because I forgot half of these. Books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a, this is one of those rare weeks. I feel like um, where it's been just, a while. It's just like it's stacked. Yeah, it's just a very very stacked week. Um, I can't wait for most of the books that you that you uh, ran off there. So very cool. Uh, from Phil, we've got the, uh, the blue, gray, white omnibus, the yellow, blue, gray, and white omnibus. So yeah, that's, uh, that's Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb's kind of color series that they did for four of the Marvel characters. Uh, if you've listened to our book clubs in the past, you'll know that, uh, Pete and Kale specifically are huge fans of Spider-Man Blue. Uh, I believe, if not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Kel carries Spider-Man Blue with him in his backpack everywhere he goes. And now I'm afraid to go back to it because I did. I went back to uh, Identity Crisis, which used to be one of my favorite books, and it was terrible. So were you, I love were it. Were you not on our book club episode where we read that? We've never Identity done, Crisis. We, we've never done we, that. We we did, didn't we? I thought we read Spider-Man Blue and Lou and Lita into uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Homecoming. Spider-Man oh, Blue. Oh, I thought you were talking about Identity Crisis. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, no, I was no, there no, for that. Yeah, no. You're right. Okay. Yeah, so we you read it kind of recently. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, I really like the collaboration of these two. I mean, uh, the dark, uh, dark victory, uh, long Halloween, Superman for all seasons, and all these books are all very good. Uh, another book that I, I was in the comic book store the other day and I saw uh, their oh, very first collaboration, which was <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Uh, which was Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, really? I always wanted to read. Yeah, it was a nice collected hardcover, too. So uh, I plan on collecting that as well. I uh, uh, These are two of the big power headers of the last 25 years, I think. So I've never read Hulk Gray, and I've never read Captain America White. I know your mileage might vary, but uh, I've always wanted... I, I, they, they used to have blue, yellow, and gray on the bookshelves. This is all four of them, and it's about time. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, like you, I haven't read. Um, I haven't read Hulk Gray. Uh, I did read White, so um, I'm I'm interested in what you would think about White. Came out at a, okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. It, it came out at a time in Loeb's life where his I believe his son had just passed, and uh, uh, so yeah. that was that that interesting interesting period, I guess, in his writing career. So, um. And then Got it. I I I chose uh I chose an interesting one. I chose Unnatural number five. Uh, Sean, that's, that's, have you been following that? Yes, yes. Sean, I love this book. Now, 
This is a I- book more in the Matt Murphy realm. Uh, you look at you. I mean, just pull up the cover for issue one, and you'll understand. Yeah. Um, but there's actually a right. lot more to this book than just the the like hypersexual imagery. Imagery. Um, the, the lewd folder, if it were, as you were. <laughs> the lewd files. Uh, this is by Mirka Andolfo, and uh, she's incredibly talented. I believe she's an Italian creator, and this is a book that's being um, transcribed to English. Uh, it's it's really, really, really good. It's a book about identity. Um, it's a book that deals with race um, and sexuality, uh, which I didn't expect, and I'm really pleasantly surprised. I'll be honest, I bought the first one for the cover, but I'm staying for the the really high quality um, uh, create creative ideas and writing and art all together. It's, it's been a ride. You guys nasty. Ooh, <laughs> you nasty. It's the same excuse I use for the uh, for Playboys, right? I like the cover, but I'm there for the stories. Oh my for god! Playboys. You sound like every single fifty year old man <laughs> that's lonely. You know, I have a. I have a really, weird, I have a really weird story when it comes to. Oh, uh, yep. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, so when I was a kid, strap in, Murphy. This is gonna be a three-hour show. Let's fuck it up. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, obviously I didn't have access to those, so I asked one of my friends to buy it for me because uh, there was a a WWE like woman in in the issue. So big show. <laughs> no, it was uh, Tori Wilson actually. And okay. um, so I, I, I got it, and I was, I was I guess, bored one Saturday morning, so I was actually reading the articles. I was, like, 13. And there was a, a story about Hiroshima, and it scared me so much that I I could no longer, like, look at the magazine. I, 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 had, <laughs> I had to put it down, and I called my friend, and I was, like... 13 years old, my friend at that time was like 19. I have weird friends. Um, and I'm like, hey, man, do you know about Hiroshima? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, where did that come from? And I was like, well, I was reading the Playboy with Tori Wilson, and I read about Hiroshima. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> So it ruined my whole day. Uh, and that's I bet it ruined your boner, <laughs> it too. It did. It, it actually did. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. Um, <laughs> and then as, back to the palace pulls. Uh, uh, Phil and I <laughs> both chose... Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. No more. <laughs> Phil and I both chose Doomsday Clock number eight. Yeah, uh, this is. I can't even think straight right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, this this might be my favorite ongoing of the year. Uh, it I like honestly, I like that it's labored too. That it takes like two or three months for each issue to come out. Kind of makes me savor yeah. it more. Uh. So we have we're in the, we're in the bottom third of uh, the run right now, I guess. And uh, think the last issue really kind of began avalanching uh, the you know uh, series of events. Uh, Doctor Manhattan appeared. Spoilers. Uh, 
that's like the inciting incident leading into the climax. Let's go. I am all in on this series as, as anyone who, who's reading it ought to be. I can't imagine anyone reading this and just not liking it. That just seems crazy. Write in if you don't like it. Um, I am very hyped for that cover. Not the one with Babastis. Cover B that has uh, Superman and um, Dr. Manhattan as, uh, as uh, what's the word Marionettes. I'm looking for? Puppets. Marionettes, oh. there you go, yeah. Um, that cover looks fantastic, and I can't wait for that. Um, we we mentioned that during our review last time. Yes, actually. we did. That cover is very dope. Yep, so uh, very excited for this issue. So uh, let's jump into the news here. Uh, we're going to start with the the lead story is, is the big story, and it's it's sad to say uh, Marvel. President Bush has died. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marco. Did you say something smart again? No, it's sorry. To, it's supposed to be a sad story. <laughs> oh. Ceaseless. Netflix has canceled Daredevil. Oh. Boo. Boo! Yep. <laughs> Boo this man! We, we kind of called it here on this podcast, although I'm sure a lot of other people had the same feeling. The writing's been on the wall. Uh, once they canceled Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Well, Iron Fist, I can understand. Luke Cage was kind of a surprise. And, you know, it, it's obvious that, that the end is near. Um, so this is the statement from Netflix. Marvel's Netflix, Marvel, I'm sorry, Marvel's Netflix, Marvel's Daredevil will not return for a fourth season on Netflix. We are tremendously proud of the show's last and final season, and although it's painful for the fans, we feel it's, we feel it best to close this chapter on a high note. We're thankful to our partners at Marvel, showrunner Eric Olison, the show's writers, stellar crew, and incredible cast, including Charlie Cox as Daredevil himself, and we're, we're grateful to the fans who have supported the show over the years. While the series on Netflix has ended, the three existing seasons will remain on the service for years to come, while the Daredevil character will live on in future projects for Marvel. Now, that last piece, the future projects for Marvel, has a lot of fans uh, thinking that, that that there's some hidden significance Uh that maybe that could lead to the show just moving over to Disney Plus, uh, which is Disney's new streaming service. I actually don't agree with that. But what do you guys think? I I think what really sucks about that is is that or this whole thing really is that even if it does end up moving, and they do end up doing more stuff with Daredevil, I think what really sucks is that there's a good chance we're not going to see Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock Daredevil. Um, I think he he make he makes a lot of that role, and uh, um, I think I, I would imagine the the various contracts are going to stop him from from moving over, and so we'll have to get you know some other asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I hey, I, that sounds like you're nominating me. <laughs> no, I, I I guess like I I sort of thought it. In that it would just move over, like that's just it just makes the most sense. I think from we want eyeballs on our content, 
and pulling it from a platform that's popular where it lives will just you know like it, it to me it just it, it seemed that simple um but to your point with cox and his his contracts and anybody else and i guess that'll be difficult to sort of navigate but i i think maybe maybe they might be able to find a way to like play around that uh by lumping them all again into like a defender season two or something or uh, some way to so it's not just them potentially uh I mean, otherwise, eh, you know, it's sad to see it go, but. Oh, let's hear it, turd. That's it. Uh. <laughs> Why do you react to that? Why would you respond to being called turd? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just needed to answer. He owns him. it. He owns his nickname. <clears throat> I guess so. Uh, now, for me, the phrase you know, he'll come back in future projects uh, while the Daredevil character will live on in future projects for Marvel. Uh, I I don't read any major significance into that. Yeah. I I see, well, yeah, sure, Marvel's going to do stuff with Daredevil in the future. You know, I don't think Netflix is saying that they know about anything specific. Um, uh, So Marvel did release a statement uh, where they said, we look forward to more adventures with the man without fear in the future. You know, again, more of the same. Don't really see any significance in that. I hate to burst the bubble of everybody, but I don't, I agree with Kale wholeheartedly. I don't believe that if they bring Daredevil over to Disney Plus, it's going to have the same actors because uh, Deborah Ann Wall, who plays, um, oh my God, who does she play? Karen Page <laughs> said, uh, the following um, about this. I'm so sad that we won't be continuing this story. Mostly, I'll miss seeing the friends I've made every day. Thank you to every person who contributed to this series over the years. Yeah, this is ass. There's no other way to put it. I'm glad we got to the main topic so early in the show. <laughs> uh, because frankly, this is what we're here for to talk about. Uh, this is ass. Uh, this show whipped the most sack. <laughs> And it slapped. We're not gonna. It slapped, my dude. And we didn't even get to see True Bullseye in his final form. That's right. We didn't get to see form for Bullseye. (laughs) (laughs) I think. uh, And go ahead. I think the reality of the way the the reality is these three seasons are going to sit on Netflix for a long time. Yeah, that's the right distribution of this show. It's not going to continue on, on Disney streaming service. And you'll want to know something, Disney, since you basically bullied the show off Netflix. But I'm not getting your streaming service. Screw off. I, yeah, I, I have spoken, uh, to, to, uh, uh, a few people uh, about this and they canceled Netflix because of, uh, the terrible thing. Like what, why there's so much else to watch. Like get over yourself. I'm Marco. My farts don't smell. That's inaccurate. I'm gonna cancel <laughs> you. Uh, everybody's entitled to do what they want with their money, but I'm kind of with Marco, just in the sense that um, you know, it's an overreaction. It's an overreaction, and at the end of the day, I'm fairly sure that this is not a thing that Netflix chose. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. this is what they would have wanted. Why would you want to cancel a show that was as good as Daredevil was? Doesn't make any right. sense. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't cancel Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not getting the Disney service. Uh, so yeah, this this obviously sucks. Daredevil is is the best superhero show of all time, right? I mean, I don't think yes. that there's much of a contest. Not not according to a couple of uh, a couple of uh, episodes ago, we talked about Agents of Shield. <laughs> uh, clearly, the point. best. That's a good point. Um, a lot of people have been asking, where does this leave Punisher and Jessica Jones? Uh, the answer is that they're both safe, in the sense For that now, we're yeah. going to get another season of each. Jessica Jones season three has uh, wrapped filming, I believe, and it's yeah, it's almost ending. Yeah, yeah. so and we're getting that Punisher is going to come out here any minute uh i wouldn't be surprised if it's a december show quite frankly so um yeah those are those are gonna uh close out their runs and then the great experiment of marvel on netflix will be over so sad day yeah well it was nice talking to everyone i hope everyone has a nice (laughs) rest of the week uh that's the comics files this week and uh yeah that sucks okay one thing I one thing I read, and I can't attribute this to anyone uh, because I didn't think I was going to bring it up, but um, I read that Marvel was asking Daredevil to overperform, so that like it didn't. So season three wasn't like in terms of viewing, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what Marvel wanted, and so basically because it it wasn't that. And Netflix couldn't deliver that. They just decided to take it off. Oh, interesting. I I personally have a hard time believing that. I don't think that there was any scenario where these shows were going to survive. And a big reason why I feel that way is similar to what um, similar to what's going on with uh, Sony and uh, and Marvel in the film world. I just think. They they just want their characters back, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that they really want to have to play nice with anybody, and I respect that. I don't like it because I want more Daredevil, but I respect it because of the fight that they've had for so many years with so many different entities for control over their characters. They've got a streaming service. Why keep shows over on Netflix? It doesn't make any sense for them when they can reap all the benefits instead of profit sharing. So, I get it. It's a good business decision. It just sucks for the fans. Yeah. Uh, if it's such a good business decision, why ain't I getting that Disney subscription service? You'll get it. You'll they, <laughs> well, you'll come crawling. I will not. I won't pay for a single streaming service. You know what, Sean? <laughs> use this for my hot take and for number 200, okay? Okay. You got it. You use it yourself. What? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna be called out on it. Marco's own shitty take for episode 200 will be go. calling himself out. Yeah, for... yeah, Sean, can you remember Marco's <laughs> shitty takes? Uh, in 90 episodes, if I still remember that, uh, <laughs> I need a lot more in my life because I'd be very impressed. I, ideally, I forget that uh, around 2 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, ideally, I forget that right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about something positive. That was a, a downer. Let's bring ourselves up. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has been screened, 
and uh, a lot of critics have had the opportunity to watch it, and they love it. Uh, this movie has a 100% positive score on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is incredible. Um, as of the article that we're referencing here, uh, it had 18 reviews. Um, that's really, really good um, for for this film, and and all of the all of the reactions so far that I have read have been positive. Uh, checking now. It's got 50 reviews, and they're all fresh. The average rating is 9 out of 10, 100% fresh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So that's really great. And then I just want to read a few social media takes because uh, social media is a buzz with positive feedback for this movie. So over on Twitter from at AJ Han, we've got hashtag Spider-Verse feels like a comic book come to life in the best way the gorgeous art the seemingly limitless sense of possibility miles is aces and i'm super here for sad sack peter at sup spider talk says bottom line spider-man 2 is a masterpiece about peter parker spider-man spider-man homecoming is my favorite mcu film that redefines the character in a new context in the shadow of the amazing films and spider-man into the spider-verse is a master class in Spider Manning. God, I wish I wish Pete was here to witness the Sony Empire take over. <laughs> First Venom, now this, just two home runs in a row, baby. <laughs> Hugely positive reactions, guys. Kale, I know you're hot on this. I'm I'm so pumped for this movie. Um I have no money. Let me I wanna <laughs> stress to you. I have no money. But I'm going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna sneak in the back. I'm actually, I'm actually going to a country where it will be physically, it will actually be more expensive for me to go watch this movie, and I'm gonna fucking do it. What country? Um, we're back to England. Oh, we're going for Christmas. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say, like, you're in Luxembourg now. Like, it, movies it, in the theaters in Luxembourg play in English. Uh, uh, they do. They're they're kind of tough to find. Um, just because they're, uh, you have to schedule it right, and you don't want to mix it up with other uh, languages. Um, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, the currency is worth more in uh, the UK, believe it or not. Brexit, right? <laughs> so this is this is huge news. I I am notorious for not really caring about this movie. Right. Uh, That's true, and I I I still kind of don't. But I'm going to see it, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just not excited about it. Well, we'll see how you feel when the, when you see it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. That's yeah, this correct. is one that's like, it. I, I like it for the aesthetic. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's like, in, I, I'm going to go for it like, to see it, to experience it. Other than that. It's whatever. Here's my markup for his superhero stuff. Ew. Basically, not it's not totally inaccurate. No, it's a dry fart. Ugh, it's almost worse. If this movie were live action, I'd be more excited. I wish they had a live action Spider Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kill. I just like I don't know. For me, that the live action, while that while that stuff has been good. It's just like I I feel like this this film ha- being 
animated is going to give it a style yeah that i think nothing else is going to touch and i think that's what i'm the most excited for sure um and i that's i that's what i've been excited for since day one uh but i think that's the the reason i'm still gung-ho about it is is the animation um and i think i i just don't think you would be able to make that same um accomplishment live action you are absolutely right and my bias is purely my own um but from a rational perspective and, and a logical perspective uh, yeah there's there's no way to do something like this and make it look this way um and make it feel this way in live action and i think that's one of the untapped spaces of superhero films is is an, is at this animation like it looks great it's a great looking movie and uh i'd love to see more things like this i'm actually really surprised that Marvel Studios, or Disney rather, did not have the great idea of tapping Pixar to make a Marvel movie. Like, imagine if they made... Fantastic Four. Obviously, The Incredibles is more or less a Fantastic Four movie, but obviously they don't have the film rights to Fantastic Four, but imagine if they took any of their properties and made a Pixar movie out of them. That would be huge. There's a big problem with that, though, because then how... Okay, so is it canon? If it's not canon, how does it make sense? Because they haven't made anything that hasn't been canon. And then if it is canon, how do you get those characters to interact with other characters? No, I don't think it's canon. I think it's its own thing for just the Pixar crossover. It's mainly for kids, I'd say. Families. It's not the Marvel way. Um, We'll see. Because this Spider-Verse is about to blow all, all of that away. It's not going to be connected to, to anything. We'll see how good this does in, in, in theaters. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not convinced that it's going to destroy at the box office. Uh, well, one thing is, every year there's always a major animated film that does very well at the box office, and this could be a very big hit with families. Could be. We has Wreck It Ralph three come out yet? It or did, it, or yeah. two, I guess. Ralph came out the last week. Yeah. Okay. And I haven't checked the box box office numbers, but if there were any other film that would do better than Into the Spider Verse, it would definitely be this Wreck It Ralph movie. So, so uh, we talked about the, we're talking about the future of these animated comic book movies, and we are actually going to get more in the Spider Verse uh, because Sony is apparently working on a sequel to Into the Spider Verse and a all female spinoff. Uh, series. So that's according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, apparently, they're going to be tapping uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, who worked on Avatar: The Last ba- Airbender and the Voltron series. Uh, he's going to be working okay, on the series. Okay, 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 okay. So now, when you say Avatar, do you mean the movie or the the, ser- the, the, the cartoon? Okay. Yeah, because he worked on Voltron too. So yeah. That makes sense. Okay. And apparently that sequel is going to focus uh, more on Miles. So I guess this is the way they're going for him to kind of showcase him. And then at the same time, Lauren Montgomery, who uh, worked on um, Batman Year One and also 
uh, Voltron and uh, the Superman Batman Apocalypse thing is 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 coming on board to work and be involved in a in a uh, a female hero team up film. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what they're doing. It's no for big the, surprise. Sorry for the for the spider characters. Yeah, right? yeah, for the spider characters. The, for the female spider characters. Right. Not a big surprise. This is if this movie does well, Sony is not going to leave money on the table. They're not known for that. So um, it looks like this this um, all female movie will probably include Spider Gwen, Spider Woman, Madam Web, Spider Girl, and Silk. Are you guys into all that? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it's not really designed uh, for me specifically, but you know what? I think there is a big audience, a big untapped audience for this kind of movie, and uh, I'm here for it. So, like I said, the Sony Empire has arrived. This this might be what they're looking for, yeah. It, it Absolutely. Can't wait for it to all cross over with Venom. <laughs> Speaking of Venom, Venom is coming to Blu-ray. And uh, in celebration of that, Sony released a trailer for it for the Blu-ray, which showcases Venom as a rom-com. This was weird. It's a thirty nope, second. It's a thirty <laughs> second trailer that completely recontextualizes the Venom film, and I I I was blown away when I watched this. What did you guys make? <laughs> uh, of this? Listen, I haven't seen Venom, but everything I've seen on Twitter and Tumblr <laughs> says di- says that is exactly what the movie's about. So I don't know. <laughs> this is art. Oh yeah. God! No, they really. They really shut up. Marco, yeah, they, shut up. Where no. do you get off? You're in the, <laughs> the lead channel on the Longbox de- Discord. Don't even yeah. fucking. <laughs> Marco's head is so far up his own ass this episode, I can't even. <laughs> anyway, this, this humble listeners, this is art. Art in its truest form. They talk about the greats, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, this. Is it Tom that Hardy. That's right. <laughs> Marco, do you feel in charge? <laughs> Shut up, don't respond to that. Anyway, this trailer This trailer is art. You can, this this is what belongs in that Discord. Because we see the true romance of the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock. That's smutty as enough. intended. Marco, I didn't say you could talk. This this is a love story greater than Twilight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, I mean, it's, I mean, it's greater than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Hey, those were those were huge hits. This feels like a spiritual successor to that series, actually. Now that you mention it, so Fifty Shades, 50 Shades of, of Black. Right? Yes. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Black. I guess. Vainty, vainty shades of black. That'll do. Fifty Shades of Black, yeah, keep... I'm pretty sure, already exists, but I'm pretty sure that it's not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that in the Discord? <laughs> don't answer that. It's in my private Discord. <laughs> I, how many times can I say it? Sony's on top now. Sony's where it's at. 
All right. So you took it. He's you still took in it his Olive Garden based Thanksgiving food coma. Huh? You took huh? it a step too far. That's no. That's too far. <laughs> uh, this this is this is a new empire. Very good. And it's built on the bones of this trailer. Thank this you. is a lot better than that Deadpool two PG thirteen trailer we got last week. This is where it's at, folks. Uh, so memes aside, uh, huh? This is actually fill aside. <laughs> fill aside. This is actually very cool, and I'll say why. Kel actually referenced it. The internet has sort of taken hold of Venom and made it into, you know, a, a, a romance between the symbiote and Eddie. That's the part that a lot of people, the Tumblr community, the Twitter community, really latched onto. And it's cool because Sony is acknowledging that here. They're acknowledging that and they're taking it and they're giving us a little fun trailer that embraces that take on on this film. And that's unique. Could you imagine if Marvel did that with uh, Bucky and Captain America, for example? <laughs> oh my god, the internet would friggin' explode. Exactly. That won't happen, but... Uh, yeah, this is similar to that. So uh, I, I think it's pretty cool of Sony to do this. It's a fun spoof. Yeah. Uh, shut up, Marco. Come on, Phil. He's up. That's not nice. All right. No, All I'm right. kidding. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you like it, Ross. <laughs> hey. You guys need to relax. Uh, <laughs> so there's been a lot of crazy fever about the Avengers 4 trailer and the lack thereof, right? Um, The movie comes out in 156 days and it has been 216 days since Avengers Infinity War released. Why do I know that? Because I am counting. Because I have a calendar (laughs) next to my computer that I scratch every day that the trailer hasn't released. That's actually not true. I'm not that crazy. Um, Why? I believed it. I believed it. (laughs) Because the second part is a lie. (laughs) There are probably people who are doing that, though. All over the internet, all I see is, is there a new Avengers trailer? People throwing out wild speculation about when we're going to get a new trailer. And... I love this website, but comicbook.com, I swear, posts more articles these days about fan theories about where the trailer is and why we haven't gotten it and when we're going to get it than they do about actual comic books. Okay? That means people are clicking this shit. Like me, exactly. So we, we haven't gotten it yet, but there was huge speculation that the trailer uh, would actually drop this past Friday, and that didn't happen. It's not. It's not dropping, guys. We we know this. It's not. Oh, please explain. Please explain, Marco. So on Reddit, I I skimmed the the scummiest of uh, of subreddits, and yeah, you said really one of- yourself as a monster this week. <laughs> you, you said you were on Reddit. We get it. <laughs> and I came across it, but there was an article that stated that. We're just not going to get one. They're going to build up this hype. They're just going to release the movie. We know when it's coming. They're Why do we need to know about it? They're going to drop it like wait. Beyonce. Yeah, man. 
Hey, what subreddit were you on when you saw this? Uh, the trashiest of, of them all are Marvel. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that answer. All right. <laughs> so it's to the point that Dolby Cinema is even tweeting out about this issue. They, they tweeted <laughs> out hashtag Hallmark movies in five words. I don't know what that hashtag reference is, but the five words they chose were Wait, really. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's about the Hallmark Christmas movies that are always something oh, idiotic. Okay. Yes, okay. Uh, and their five Maybe words like were, yeah. where is the Avengers trailer at Rooster <laughs> Nice. Uh, so everyone is, is waiting for this trailer. Now, Marco brought up a good point. What if there was no trailer? That's cool. Right? I kind of hope there isn't a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of you know what I want. I want them to release like a five second tease where it's just Marvel and then the Avengers and then the release date. That's it. Like it says the the name of the movie. Yeah. Because we're gonna go see it. Like right. Like the the title alone will be enough to blow up the internet. Like it's fine. You can you can you can follow it up with a picture of Thanos smiling for all I care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want that because anything they show is gonna spoil the whole thing okay i don't okay, want it can be thanos from the last movie it's just smiling <laughs> i like the idea i like the idea of them releasing a trailer of scenes from a previous movie <laughs> we have to we have to live through peter parker disintegrating in iron man <laughs> iron man's arms again i think kale's right in the sense that anything they show is going to be a spoiler because we don't know anything about this movie at all for real we, we don't know anything we know we can assume that Captain Marvel is going to be in it, uh, but we don't know where Thanos is at. We don't. We know that we don't know anything. The only things we know are is where Infinity War left off. But we don't know if this movie's going to jump into the future. We don't. We don't know how they're going to band together. We don't know anything. So how do they show anything at all without spoiling big por- portions of this movie? I hope Gamora comes back. <laughs> I think Marvel has a unique opportunity to do something really cool uh, and change the game by not showing us new footage. The the, the trailer is the Russo brothers just going like, yeah, we know you're going to see our movie. <laughs> I'm down. Just give us your whole paycheck, you idiot. <laughs> it's, it's just Josh Brolin, not even makeup. He's like, yeah, I know you're going to see this movie. Speaking of the Russo brothers... They did a, uh, a Collider screening. So uh, Collider is a uh, pop culture website. And uh, they, they did a screening for um, uh, Infinity War. I actually attended one of these once uh, for Civil War. That was a really cool experience. But um, they did a Q&A as they, as they tend to do. And uh, they basically said at the Q&A that the only way they'd come back to Marvel is... For a Secret Wars movie. Oh, oh boy, I'm into it. I, I, I would see that movie. Yeah, of course you fucking would. I can't say that about everything. I well, I wouldn't see a Secret Invasion movie. You said you wouldn't. Yeah, no. Why yeah, not? Because that book sucked. So yeah, what? You, would. <laughs> you know what? So I'm sorry. You're right. Civil War sucked, and that movie was good. Good point. I'm not taking that bait. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what? What's up? Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> they had this to say at the screening. Hopefully, they're about to get their hands on a few of Fox's Marvel characters. Listen, my second favorite character growing up and one of my prized possessions in my comic book collection is Incredible Hulk number 181, which of course is the first appearance of Wolverine. I feel like the mission of the Marvel Universe is to keep expanding and surprising people. Surprise them with casting choices, surprise them with story choices. If we're moving into the world of crossover events, certainly that affords opportunity for other large-scale stories from the books like Secret Wars, which was another favorite comic of mine as a kid. There's big, big potential moving forward if the Fox-Disney deal closes. So, there's a couple of things there, <clears throat> but I guess for me the biggest thing is I really don't want to lose the Russo brothers. I really want them to stick around and keep making more movies. Um, I, f- I feel like with James Gunn gone, they're kind of the the marquee directors here, right? Listen, Sean, my friend Harvey Dent taught me an invaluable lesson once, and it was this. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I don't want to see the Russo brothers become the villain. If they're going to go out on top, that's okay with me. Yeah, like Daredevil. Ooh. I, I'm not gonna take that bait. <laughs> Unfortunately, I agree with uh, 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 Phil. Uh, Phil, whatever the fuck his <laughs> name is. Um, uh, Phil. I think um, I I personally think the the more voices we have in this space, the better. Um, you know, and you know, because if we if we move on, we might get the next James Gunn. We might get the next Russo brothers. You know, we might see we might see um, uh, uh, Baby Driver. Oh, um, uh, Edgar Wright. And we might see Edgar Wright come back and do one, and that would that would be amazing. For for me, it's that it's that thing of like you know, the bigger these films get, the 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 more different and the 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 different voices we get to see. And I think I think that's more important overall. Not to me. Uh, <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. I, I mean, listen, they put out, what, three of these a year? Uh, that you Realistically, you're going to, if you're if you're the Russos, you're going to get, you know, because you're not going to have an Infinity War Part 1, Part 2 situation often. You're going to get two, one movie out every two years. I don't think that it's taking away from Marvel's ability to introduce diverse voices if the Russos stay. In the same time frame that the Russos have been working here, we got Taika Waititi's Thor. Uh, we got um, Black Panther. So, like, there's there's been, you know, there's been different voices. I don't think that they're holding anyone back by making these films. I think uh, allowing them to sort of get a creative recharge is going to be good because, you know, they're going to go back to TV and they're going to do some of that, you know, more off the wall stuff. And so going through that and then being able to to come back with like a fresh set of eyes and knowing the the stuff that they had done and the direction that Marvel will be going, uh, I think it'll be better for them to come back when they have that chance to like they want to blow it out, then come back and blow it out. Is a is a Secret Wars movie something you guys would care for? Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Uh, that was the first major event I ever read in comics, and 
I can only imagine what it was like in, what was it, 1986 when that dropped? Uh, having every Marvel character that was in a major title at that time in one book like that. Because when I read it as a kid, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be about it. I'd be about it. I, I don't know if it would have the same impact because pretty much, I mean, not pretty much, every single MCU character was in Infinity War except for Hawkman and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Uh, but they'll probably be the next one. Uh, not Hawkman, Hawkeye. No, you, you said it right, Hawkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where was he? <laughs> Just wasn't there. Where was Carter Hall? He's nesting. <laughs> I, for me, I, you know, I, similar to, to my, you know, reputation on the show, I, you know, we're seeing that with Infinity War, you know, and, and like I said, I, w- I would rather see more intimate projects. Um, like Venom. Like Venom, yeah. You know, real intimacy <laughs> between a man and his slime monster. Um, I, For me, I think a lot of the, you know, and, and that's, I can, I, I will only speak for myself here. You better. A, a lot, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of the, the magic here has sort of been lessened for me as it's kind of grown in mass appeal. And it just, I don't know, uh, I'm not, I just wouldn't be that interested in it. That was the most hipster-ass comment yeah. I've ever made. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that I'm not the only one who heard that. Kale basically just I know, said. listen, I heard it as it came out of me, too. <laughs> Comic book movies are too mainstream for me. I'm oh, out of here. Shut up, Marco. You have no room to talk. This has been, like, your whole lifestyle. Yeah, man. So, you know, like, I feel it, Kale. I don't want to be in First the corner he talks with you. Trash, Never mind. He's like, I take it I'm back. I'm secretly in your corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. If there's one lesson you could take away from this week's episode of the Comics Pals, listener, you never want Marco in your corner. Similar, similarly to Kale, though, uh, I like this isn't something that I'm looking for. I don't want a larger story. Uh, I think to your point, Kale, getting that more intimate story is going to be a lot more fun for individual characters because the fun of it is being able to explore the characters and then getting to see them like all come together. So, Hey, Marco, what's that behind you? Is is that a calendar counting down, counting down the days to a Avengers trailer? So I think like it's, <laughs> it, it, it'll be, it, it'll, it'll be cool to see, but it's not something I want. Okay. How many days do you have counted off on that thing? Sean, so, you can yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Joe Russo, who has a penchant for saying things that uh, really, really grab the audience, we'll say, um, re- recently did an interview, and he said that uh, it was with Associated Press. He said, I think it was more emotional for him, referring to Chris Evans, than us, only because, you know, he's not done yet. Right. So, he's definitely going to be in that TV show with uh, Bucky and... Uh, 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 Sam Wilson. Yeah. yeah. He said, I won't explain what that means, but the audience will soon understand what I'm talking about. So, is that what, you're, is that what you'd bet on? Would you bet on... Um, him being in the the the, the the Netflix, the Disney Plus show? Uh, maybe if he wants to. Like, that's the only reason he would ever do it is if it's, like, something he was interested in because it's probably a pay cut. So he would only do it if it was like, yeah, this sounds like fun. 
Do you think? Uh probably not. <laughs> the yeah, real question you were talking about, man. Is 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 Russo trolling or is Chris Evans really not done in this in this franchise? Uh maybe he has one more movie in him. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Marvel to get them onto the the Disney streaming service as like to an, an enticer from people to be like, hey, this is we're connecting everything with the Disney Plus movies to what's coming out on uh, on film. This wasn't Tom Hiddleston supposed to be done not that long ago too. Well, the rumor was that he was that that he was done after Infinity War because his character died. Yeah, um, but clearly. That's not the case. This is a prequel. This is a prequel. I, I, I'm not convinced Loki's dead now. It's a prequel. You know what? He's dead. Okay. He, when Loki dies, he stays dead. We all know that. Thanks a lot. Uh-huh. Right. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Sean? What do you think Chris Evans appears in the space if he is not done? I... Uh... I don't know, man. I could watch Chris Evans play Captain America forever. I think he is the perfect person for the role. Granted, we've only seen you know him, but he's knocked it out of the park every <laughs> single time, and I could stand to not lose that. Uh, but at the same time, if you're going to cut out, I think this is as good a time as any. So if he is actually going to stay, and it's not to continue to play the character forever and ever, and it's like a one-shot, I would, to be honest, I'd really love to see a short, like, let's say a one-time thing, like maybe a on the Disney Plus streaming service or something, like a half-hour, hour-long uh, mini-episode, because I personally think he's not going to die. I think he's going to go back to the past and live out a regular life for some reason. I just feel that way. I'd like to see that. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I I think there are people that would like to see Captain America in World War II more. There were people that were very disappointed uh, by the Captain America First Avenger uh, aspects of that movie because they felt like it was all a montage. That was a frequent criticism I saw for that movie. Uh, if they did like a half-hour, 45-minute kind of uh, special on Captain America in World War II, I think that would attract an audience. Yeah, well, I, I more mean like... Living a life of anonymity, getting to live with Peggy, and and die in that, die there, die in the, in in it's, his own timeline. It's just Steve Rogers, like going to work, coming home, checking the mail. <laughs> Slice of life. That's cool. Yeah, I, you know what? yeah. I, I'm I down, Sean. Thank you. I now what I think the Russo brothers are talking about is that when the Fantastic Four comes back, he's going to reprise his role as the <laughs> <Steve> coach. <laughs> That would actually be really, really funny. I would, I would, I would like to see that. <laughs> He's back with Michael Chiklis as the thing. Great. All right, let's move on. So, all right. I feel like every month, every other month, we're talking about Mark Millar and his partnership with Netflix, and uh, we're doing that again here because Sharky the Bounty Hunter is coming out and hitting comic book stores in February. Uh, now, this is his collaboration with Simone Bianchi, and uh, I'm actually really excited for this one, and I wasn't at first. So, here's a little bit of Mark talking about uh, this book and what it's about. 
When I joined Netflix on staff last year, we had this crazy plan of a big sci-fi universe of movies, and Sharky is the first of these. The Magic Order is our fantasy horror franchise, Prodigy is our big adventure movie, and Sharky kicks off a whole world of sci-fi that's just a great action comedy in the style of all the movies I grew up with. I love blue-collar heroes, and I like the parent-kid dynamic from movies like Paper Moon, or Leon the Professional, and of course, Big Daddy and Hit Girl. This is the first of all. This, oh, sorry, this is all the things Star Wars or Net or Marvel can't get away with. So, this is this is kind of cool, just because everything that Mark Millar has done has been different, very very different since he signed over with Netflix, and it's all been good actually too. So. What do you guys what do you guys make of this? Um I'm ready for this. Like it, the magic order was uh I think I stopped after issue 3 and like up until then I was enjoying it. Uh his his projects have been they've been fun. His new stuff even they're like what you said they're they're all different. And that makes it fun to read his stuff even if some other some of the things that he does aren't, you know, up people's alley necessarily. I think they because he's able to have like a large gambit of things, it it brings that appeal. So I I'm in for this. Yeah, um, I've actually kept up with the Magic Order. It's really really good. I, yeah, yeah, I I love it. Um, and I can't wait to read Prodigy. You shouted that yeah. out earlier. That's gonna be good too. I think. So yeah, I mean, all his stuff is. I, Recently, at least, have has been solid, and I I trust him as a creator uh, enough that I'd pick this up. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, gonna be grabbing this one. All right, uh, so let's let's jump ahead. This is a story that uh, I've been very interested in in bringing up here on the show. So Adi Shankar, who is blowing up right now because of his Castlevania series over on Netflix and also the announcement that there's going to be a Devil May Cry series on Netflix produced by him as well. Um huh. Yeah, so he's he's really popular right now. He's actually joining the Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan movie as a producer. Now, this is a a very very interesting film that's being made here. And uh, I want to I want to turn it over to Phil because Phil knows a lot about this. But but before I do that, I did just want to read quickly a comment that Shankar made about uh, this film. Superheroes op- operate outside the scope of law and offer us hope that someone will rise up and protect us when government and other institutions cannot or will not. This story shows the power of the superhero mythology and its tangible impact on the physical world. So, uh, Phil, why don't you talk to us about what this is? What is this Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan? What's the backstory here? So, it's actually one of my favorite real-life instances of comic books crossing over with uh, pop culture. with Not even pop culture, with with the zeitgeist, I guess. Um, So, there was a reporter-slash-activist back in the 1940s named Stetson Kennedy who had been infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan in their meetings. After World War II, 
the Ku Klux Klan had, uh, had experienced a resurgence and become more and more popular throughout the United States, unfortunately. When Kennedy took his findings to different newspapers and different journalistic organizations or to the police, uh, they didn't want to touch it because everyone was intimidated by the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, they had a lot of power. Uh, a lot of Klansmen had kind of financial, they had their fingers in the pockets of politicians. Uh, several people in Congress were Klansmen. It was it was definitely the second pay period of the Klan following Reconstruction back in the 1870s. So what he did is he went to the writers and creators of the Adventures of Superman serial show on radio in the 1940s studying Bud Collier. In uh, the landscape of the 1940s, radio was king because that was the only entertainment platform outside of movies and like newspaper comics and, and comic books themselves. This was a more universal format to get messages out. It was a very powerful tool. The writers at that point were very desperate for content and for new villains to face, for Superman to face. So he took all the information that he had uncovered at these meetings, which was you know different kinds of rituals code words and he completely stripped the clan of its mystique as superman went and fought the ku klux klan in a 16 episode arc called clan of the fiery cross and when you have the symbol of american hope this this is the most recognizable iconography of the country next to maybe mickey mouse at this point Fighting this silly organization that has code words and these dumb rituals, and they wear these silly robes. It had a quantifiable kind of cause and effect where the numbers of the Klan significantly dropped after this. This was back in 1948. So, you know, World War II ended in 1945. There was a three year window where the Klan's membership rose up, and after these 16 episodes aired, they plummeted. It's a, it's a quantifiable proof of Superman actually taking down the KKK. A fictional character took down a terrorist organization in the United States. It's incredible. It's a great story. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It is, it is an incredible story. The first time I heard about this, I was blown away. Uh, it, it's quite shocking. And so now they are making a movie about this very thing. So uh, I think it's a great idea. This is a rich tapestry for like a major motion picture. Yeah. Kale Marco, is this something you're into? Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um, and it, this is the kind of story that I'm talking about. Um, something uh, intimate, something more conscious of the world, you know, um, something that's more than just a blockbuster sure yeah this is and uh I, I like stuff that sort of looks behind what comics sort of are like um dear mr watterson uh the um the kane movie uh was it like bill kane or something bob kane bob kane, bob kane um bill that's it um and yeah, just being able to look at it from a historical perspective is always cool and enlightening. And this is a, a great example, as Phil mentioned, of of just that. And I, I think something like this kind of uh, it kind of it kind of makes what we do feel worthwhile. 
we all talk about comics uh, in our everyday lives, <laughs> and this is this is a real life instance where the genre, the medium, and the art form had a quantifiable impact on our society, and not just in a in a you know movie kind of way or something. This this was this was an instance where a character whose very essence is taking down organizations like this did so in real life. It, and for, for someone like Grant Morrison, this is chaos magic realized. This is an actual sigil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> I hate to ruin the, the, uh, celebration of this film, but, uh, I, I glanced very quickly at the comicbook.com article that I'm referencing here. And at the very bottom, uh, it asks if you're excited about the film, but I read it so oh, no. quickly that what I saw was, are you excited about the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. I was like, wait a second. Sean went, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I never oh, thought shit. I would be, but here we are. <laughs> What I'm excited about is to see them get their asses kicked. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm that's something. That's something we can use. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be uh, checking that out. So here's a. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to try to bait comments on your article. <laughs> Wrap up those comments. Who's here for the KKK? <laughs> Did you get a, all those all those fake shitty nerd boys going? Oh yeah, no, wait, shit. <laughs> no, there's gonna be people on there who are like, well, I'm ready for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so real quick, here's a an interesting story. Uh, Julie Andrews of the Sound of Music fame, right? Oh no, sorry, Ma- yeah, Mary that's... Poppins. Not Sound of Music. She was also in Sound of Music. Oh, okay. I thought I was going crazy. Thank you. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, right. So, of Mary Poppins fame, is actually going to be a character in Aquaman. She is voicing what they're referring to, James Wan is referring to, as the most powerful creature on Earth, named Carathen. Uh... I don't think that's a character from the comics. I've never heard of that yeah, character. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar. Now we it was that giant octopus that came out of the ground that Aquaman tried to control and it killed him for six months or whatever. For real? I don't think that was actually his name. That's what I think it is. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, the the funny part of this story and part of the reason why I included it is because. There actually is a Mary Poppins sequel that's coming out on the same day as Aquaman, but oh, Julie Andrews so funny. is not in that. She's in Aquaman instead. Yeah, I, uh, it's actually funny because I was uh, I was at work the other day, and that trailer for the new Mary Poppins movie came on, and uh, I was like, "Where's Where's Julie Andrews?" And a coworker said, "Oh, she's actually in Aquaman," which, which was my first appearing of this, and I said, "Huh." I guess she and James Gunn both made the jump over to Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, they conspired together, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a conspiracy. So that Is I Mary also Poppins think... Disney? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So I, I think it's safe to say that Julie Andrews is going to be a member of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> What's no. the classic line uh, that, uh, that Will Smith has in that movie? What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's gonna that's gonna be Julie Andrews singing it in her Mary Poppins. Voice. What would that sound like? Oh, huh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> what are we, some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> oh, As God. a snake, a female snake. <laughs> You, the person next to me. <laughs> I, a name I call myself. See a letter after me. <laughs> oh, man. I, I already said that's me. <laughs> D, the letter after C. <laughs> D, the noise I make when I pee. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and it all comes back to Squad 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 Squad. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, wow. Oh, that's funny. Shit, you know what? We get, uh. If we can get, uh, Lin Manuel to jump over too, we'd have it. <laughs> I'm. I'm we'd actually the, crying right now. We'd have the next uh we'd have the next Hamilton. Oh my god, what character is Suicide he Squad would be Hamilton. <laughs> Lin Man um, Lin Man Miranda as Killer Fuck, Croc. he'd be the music meister. Oh shit, shit now I want go. this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Me too. As long as they do that song right there, as long as that gets in somehow, I'm I'm in. I am Daddy's little monster. Oh. <laughs> Baby, it's time to think. <laughs> Better beware, I'm Daddy's monster. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> oh god! So now everyone has one more reason to be excited about uh, Aquaman. <laughs> A big giant mallet makes the medicine go down. The medicine go down. <laughs> oh my god. My ribs hurt. Oh shit. This is the best segment we've ever done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, our last bit of news here is uh, that DC has canceled Batman and the Outsiders. So that was supposed Wait, to be what? yeah, right. Well, it hasn't even yeah, it hasn't even started. It was supposed to the first issue was supposed to drop December twelfth. This is the Brian Edward Hill and Dexter Soy series uh, that spins out of Detective Comics and Brian's run over there. Now, the book. The first three issues were were solicited, and it's canceled. Now, according to, um, according to DC, it's going to be resolicited. Uh, and what I what I read from Brian Hill's Twitter was just that they canceled it because something in the book interferes with bits of an upcoming event. So like it, it, I guess it treads on the same ground, or it, or it's you know somehow kind of interferes with that. So we're not getting this book for a while. Boo! Um, yeah, it's really, really a disappointment. I was looking forward to it. 
Likewise, uh, you you and I both have have talked a lot about how big of fans we are of Brian Edward Hill, and uh, I thought this book was going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, now we're not going to get it at least for a while. Um, Brian Hill said in an interview with the Washington Post uh, back when the series was announced, "All I'll say is it is a team book with Batman in it, but the safety is off. Hopefully, it will be surprising and thrilling in ways that I don't think people will quite expect." I'm becoming known a bit for a certain kind of intensity in my work. And I think this Outsiders project will also continue on that path. So, great, uh, great quote there from him. But unfortunately, we won't be seeing this series for a little while. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Are you all I'm right? I just kept thinking about E, the noise I make when I pee. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think straight. I, I missed almost everything you said. Um, uh, oh, good. <laughs> I was just going to say, I really liked The Outsiders as a kid. I remember reading John Winnick's run back in mm-hmm. 2006, and... Uh, I really dug the shit out of it because it was a bunch of characters I never heard of before, like Geoforce and Katana, and uh, it was a lot of the sidekicks from uh, the Silver Age grown up, like uh, Roy Harper, who I always really liked. Name um, three more. Uh, I can't think straight right now. I'm not going to participate in this bit. <laughs> <laughs> if I do, I might actually have to pee. Um, so... I'd like to see more of The Outsiders. I remember there was another run in like 2010 that wasn't as good. I can't remember who was on it. Uh, so it'd be nice for it to return for him. I'm sorry that I got canceled so quickly. Yeah, um, well, so since you missed it, um, it will be coming back. It'll be resolicited. Um, and actually, I have the, the quote from, from him uh, here uh, on Twitter when he responded. He said, Outsiders is not being canceled. The pre-orders are being canceled because I have to make adjustments per other DCU events. But it will be resolicited after the adjustments have been made, as I understand. Okay. We'll see what happens. So we'll get the issue, or we'll get the series. Just it'll be a while. Uh, but it's a weird development, and I don't, I can't think of a time too too recently where we saw something like this happen. Um, other than I guess. Uh, the, uh, the Vision series being cancelled. Right. That was very controversial. I think, I think this is different, uh, because it's actually, it's still coming out. Right. Right. Um, but, but it was, I guess the the only similarity is just the, the fact of, of editorial and other things happening within the universe. Counter, counter, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Conflicting, yeah, com- c- conflicting with um, what the story is. So, but uh, we'll get that soon, hopefully. Oh fuck, we have to talk about this depressing ass issue now. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I just realized that. All right, so uh, we're gonna be talking about Heroes in Crisis number three here. Uh, this is a very depressing issue. Uh, in stark contrast to kind of what we've been doing for the last little bit here on the show, <laughs> the um, last two years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've 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 had some dark uh, some dark conversations here. Um, yeah, the darkest conversation of all being that damn fucking long box. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> long box Discord. 
the lewd discord. Yeah. That's the darkest place of all we've ever gone to. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, so, Heroes in Crisis number three is one of the issues that is actually not being handled by Clayman. So this is a a flashback issue. They said that there would be, I believe, two of these. Issue three and issue... Six? Six or seven, one of those. Yeah, because I think it's Lee Weeks and uh, Mr. Rods. It's Lee Weeks and it's Mr. Rods, yes, you're absolutely right. This one is the the Lee Weeks one. Uh, and, And I actually... Uh, I'm, I'm a little mistaken in that uh, Clay did do some art in this issue. Um, he was just assisted by by Weeks. Uh, he also. did, yeah. I think he did uh, three pages in this, and then um, everything else was Lee Weeks. Yeah. So, what did you get? What did you guys make of this? I was sort of confused. Um, it. I'm having a trouble. I'm having trouble sort of understanding King's through line between these three issues. Um, and this being a flashback, it sort of interrupts the story that we have been following. And this is to add, you know, context and background. But I think, like, I don't, I don't know how this is serving the story outside of providing, okay, it looks like Booster Gold did it. You know, I, I don't know what else it's sort of adding because we're sort of getting some more details about Sanctuary, obviously, but I don't know if it's enough. Well, for me, like, it's issue three. Like, I, this this is exactly what I wanted to see for this issue. And frankly, I would have preferred to have seen it last issue. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's you know it's not it's not really it's not really answering any questions necessarily i guess i guess wally's involvement oh hey spoilers on this i guess yeah please call this uh, if you haven't read it uh this is spoilers yeah um it it you know it shows what wally was doing there which i think is important especially given that Wally is such a huge part of the the DC universe but it also it also presents sort of the the booster gold angle you know it doesn't it doesn't really sh- show what he was doing there or why he was there necessarily but and i it still doesn't show what happened but it is giving us information Whereas I think one and issues one and two were just very, I I can't even say they were plot heavy. They were just kind of like, it feels like it's chasing its tail. Whereas this is, okay, this is, this is the meat of this series. Hey guys, is Tom King okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's the, that's the biggest takeaway. There's, there's a part in this freaking book. Where Wally West is inside Cerebro. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. That's what it reminds me of. And he's reunited with his wife and kids. And Sanctuary is having a conversation with him saying, like, why Jai? Why Iris? Why Linda? And then it says, why do you need them? <laughs> 
And I was like, trying to conceptualize it from Tom King as the writer? Is that a question he's had to ask himself about his own family? You know what I mean? Is my man Tom okay? I mean, and we, we've talked about this, like, dude was black ops CIA. Like, I mean, yeah, he probably did. Well, I I read that with with the answer of they're not real. So Wally is pining for phantoms because they've they existed, but they out they also have not existed. It's kind of a weird right world because of where you're in. and so that question for me made more sense what in that context. I, I understood the intent, and I also understood it was Sanctuary trying to understand Wally. I was conceptualizing from Tom King, the writer, yeah. presenting this. Sure, sure. Like, oh no, is he okay? I want to I want to respond to Kale. Um, I disagree with your premise because this is now the third issue, and we're only we still don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um. I don't care about this. The, the, like that's where I'm at with it. It the, like I there's only so many times you can show me these guys sitting around talking about and not even talking about their feelings, being vague about things. They're they're not even they're not even explicitly talking about why they feel how they feel or anything like that. It, it just everything just seems vague and you know, listen, we make fun of Brian Michael Bendis, and that's been cool to do. Tom King is kind of falling into a weird yes. territory now. Yes. I was going to bring that up myself. He, yeah, it's it's getting weird where he just, he, all he does is, is have his characters repeat themselves. There's a, there's a page in this book where Booster Gold is talking to Sanctuary, and it's just Bendis speak. And mm. I... I, just going I back and forth. so hard. Just to read a little excerpt, I don't want to go too far here, but it's just, Booster says, so this chamber, it becomes what I need it to become? Yes. Cool. Very. That's the Krypton, uh, Kryptonian crystal technology stuff? It is. Built by Batman for Superman's tech with Wonder Woman's compassion? Where would you like to go, Michael? I don't know. Where should I go? Wherever comes to mind. It's just like fucking all these questions and exposition, and it's just a whole page. But again, this is issue three. I think I mean help. H-E-L-P. Isn't that all you do here? That's fucking madness. Go on, Kale. I, I, like, this is issue three, and it's a flashback of something we've literally never seen before in a comic. When, when would you like to see that? Issue one. So it was too late for you, I guess? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how this is supposed to entice me by now i want to be neck deep you know uh, doomsday clock you like you compare it to doomsday clock which is the other event that dc has going on by issue three we already had been introduced to the new uh uh gosh the new rorschach we had been introduced to marionette and uh her boy toy i'm uh, like so many things had moved already. This feels like it's it's not moving. Like it's not even trying to move. It literally moved backwards. So I was just gonna say to put it in like another context. We're a third of the way through this run, and 
Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. In in Doomsday Clock, there are issues where they focus on exposition and and weaving a tapestry of kind of filling out the context. But because that has been so solid of a foundation that it, it, it earns that from a narrative perspective, where you can go back and kind of fill in some of the blanks uh, in the narrative of the story. Here, because the first two issues are so unsatisfying, uh, it doesn't feel uh, this doesn't feel satisfying as a result. Kill. And I think the go ahead. Sorry, uh, one other thing, just like the I think the vagueness also plays into that because that's supposed to be that's supposed to be where we're getting meat or we're supposed to be getting like in depth character development, but it's not. It's it's surface level, and that doesn't help yeah. push anything. Here's here's a question. This is a legitimate question. I'm aiming it at Kale, but anyone can answer after. Do you really care right now who killed these people? No, I don't. Yeah, no, uh, no. Um, I I would say put my cards on the table. This issue worked more for me than the other two did. Uh, this issue made me think about it. Um. And I, I, I have my own theories, but this this issue gave that to me. I don't I I won't say that I necessarily I'm not sold on the series. To to answer your question, not particularly. Unless I'm right. And it, for me, like <laughs> So what is what is your theory? I I am leaning toward like the reason Harley and and Booster are at each other is I I think somehow the machine did it and so like my theory is that the other Booster did it. Uh like I think that would suck. I think that's <laughs> sort of what we're That yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good theory, I think. I think um, so too and I don't like it. I don't like the theory. I don't think <laughs> you might be right. I don't think that's what happened i think maybe the machine did it yes but i given lagoon boy's death i am inclined to not think so that was one of the things i wanted to bring up and hold on hold on hold the phone yeah all right hold the phone uh-huh. i'm holding it if okay marco do you care who, who who killed uh all these people like are you invested right now, right right now no like i was an issue too i was like all right cool but this went backwards and so now okay See, I don't that's crazy that's crazy to me <laughs> that you went backwards from issue two like that's crazy because issue two was garbage issue was. two wasn't great but i feel like the mystery was more enticing it was still there and and that's that is a fail if if all of us mm. do not care who killed these characters and that's the point of the story then this is a failure so Sean, that that was the problem. I think that was the problem with the premise going in, and I think I talked about this in issue two. Honestly, I've kind of forgotten each issue after I've read it because it had so little impact. So I haven't even thought about who did it. On on the outside looking in, this was a book that was meant to explore PTSD and superheroes because these are characters who are going out every day, risking their lives, trying to save people and deal with bad guys, right? And the idea was that they would go to this place that was a safe space. And they would receive some form, some form of therapy to help them out through whatever crisis they were going through at that any given time. Throwing in the murder mystery just 
cheapens everything. And that was just a faulty premise going in. I don't know if that was Tom's idea, if that was DC's, DC editorial's idea. I don't know what. And the only compelling stuff in these issues, not this one, but the other two, has been the kind of therapy stuff. But it's all undercut by this lame mystery. Hmm. Tom, <clears throat> Tom actually responded to your little question there, which was, uh, you know, who who came up with this? And he said he's seen a lot of people trying to put the blame on Dan Didio for the things that are wrong. And he said it's all him. So if you don't like it, it's you have a problem with him. This must be fucking with his head, actually. Listen, there's a there's a page towards the end where Harley comes on board and she says, I didn't know you were here. Um, Booster says, actually, it's my first day. She says, neat, how's it going so far? He says, well, everybody's dead. Okay, cool. Everyone around them is dead. Why the hell are they talking like that when everyone around them is dead? Yes. I mean, you're asking a good question. That's stupid. It's not clever. It's not... That like I he's I feel and I hate to say this because I love Tom King I feel like he's trying to be uh, uh, subtle Frank Miller and yeah like and it's just not working. Kale, did that moment work for you? I kind of hate to say it, it did a little bit. How? Explain it to me. Please. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, <laughs> I really do, yeah. Like now that you've pointed it out, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, actually, that bit played for me. How? Because uh, I was, I was with you, Sean. I think, I think, I think, for me, I think because, like, like Phil said, the the therapy bits are the parts that work, right? So Wally and even even the booster bits, you know, and whatever's going on there, really had me. Like the the again, the page where Lagoon Boy dies, skipped right over it. But, I still want to talk about that. We'll, we'll let but, me grind that but, out in a second. But yeah, when you know when all that came up and and you know Harley Quinn hits Wally, it just like it sort of brought me back in. It's sort of like it. I don't know something about it made me go, okay, wait, okay, Wally's not dead. Cool. Um, it just I don't know. It just brought me back into it, and it it felt maybe it was for me. Obviously, this wasn't the case for you guys, but for me, that line was, it was at least witty enough that it sort of made me think about everything else that was going on. Him saying, it's my first day, was wit for you? Well, no. Him saying, well, everyone's dead was oh. wit for me. <laughs> but that's not... The, what's the wit? They're, yes, they're actually dead. Maybe, as a superhero, you should do something about that instead of standing around and talking about it. I don't... Well, I, well for me, I think there's, there's shock there because he's in a field of dead people. Like, that's not in a place where there are supposed to be the opposite of dead people. So I think, I think he's in shock. I think there's other things going on and he's always been kind of the he's always been kind of bad at being a hero that's kind of his yeah. thing <sighs> all right Cal. i i can at least see where you're coming from i still think it was kind of tone deaf i yeah I, i'm I, not I, saying i'm not saying it's great i'm just saying it it worked and i don't know why 
I okay. Let, let's talk about Lagoon Boy. Uh, he was so, sad. Again, can we? This kind of ties back into my question: Is Tom King okay? <laughs> His one page where he's getting zapped over and over again by a laser. He says, "I don't know. It feels better having it on the outside than on the inside, or maybe it'll feel better." You know, like maybe one of the, one of these days, one of these blasts won't hurt, and I won't be scared when it comes here or later, and it'll hit me that the laser isn't real here or later. Like one day I'll just know that I'm real and it's not, and that's okay. And then maybe, you know, I'll just laugh or something. He has some kind of existential crisis about his own reality and the nature of pain. And at the very end, when he dies, he laughs. It was so fucking contrived. I thought, I sort of thought he was, like suicidal and he was waiting for the blast to one day not hurt him so that way he wouldn't have to go into death like feeling that pain but he's not at any point like he's not at any point willing to accept his reality and then this thing kind of kills him out of nowhere and there's like an irony to that that's the that's what i saw it as sure didn't land for you it was weak yeah. I yeah. Again, it's the you know, like you just go right over it like that. Yeah. It's the, the murder part it. doesn't yeah. matter. Like, <laughs> listen, we're talking about Lagoon Boy, okay? Like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what three issues in, and we're talking about Lagoon Boy. I don't want to yeah, read listen, about Lagoon Boy. I want to oh, read about. Listen, go ahead. If this was Grant or Jeff. They'd make a moment like that sparkle. Come on. Like, they would. You can't, they, they, they well, utilize, this is their book. You're not. It I would know. be a completely different book. You can't. Listen, the way we talk about Tom King is he's on the on the on the verge of being in this upper echelon of writers. So you when so when you talk about a writer of that capacity, you have to compare him to the greats. And he's not one of the greats right now, based off these three issues. The, my point is those two writers utilize C, D, and F characters in a lot of their books, and they give them little moments like this that sparkle and are memorable. And you walk away some, saying something like this, like, you know, I didn't think I'd read something that had Lagoon Boy in it and feel something, or having Lagoon Boy and remember it after the fact. I think that's what Tom was going for here, you know, kind of giving this uh, obscure character uh, like a moment to shine or sparkle or stand out, and it just went flat. And that's the mark of a struggling writer. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I went into this issue with no expectations, and because I, with the past two issues, like I don't care about this book. Um, I figure you're putting too much on the Lagoon Boy moment for the same for the same reason the the you know the Superman the Superman part in the first issue where he, he says, you know, the, uh, the kid with the, the phrase like that. It doesn't matter, but it's supposed to kill. That's the whole point. You don't write things for no reason. He didn't write the Lagoon boy scene for you to gloss over it. He wrote it for you to get something out of it. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing there. Well, again, we're still three issues in, but, and it's a flashback. But he's but dead. Not. Like the that that character's story is told, and there was nothing yeah. there. And Tom we've got King another flashback coming. Yeah, but not with the golden. And boy. we don't know about the motive. 
we don't even know who the killer is. We so. don't, but we're talking about Lagoon Boy. We're talking about the moment with Lagoon Boy in issue three, and it's flat. And Tom King didn't write it to be flat. That's what I'm saying. Right. You that's said yourself, you just glossed right over it. And if you and, and as a writer, you don't write something with the intent of someone just skipping past your panels, not caring, right? So that's bad. I just, I just don't, I don't get it. And I'm, I'm disappointed beyond belief with this series. Sean, do you go into every issue like I do, thinking like, all right, this is the one where Tom turns it around? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I, I forgot that. So I really do just like, these issues are, you know, I, I read it and out of mind, you know? I forgot about that Superman moment that was really cringeworthy. Uh, it, it was it issue one? I don't even remember because nothing stands out in this series. The only thing to me that stands out, and it's the thing I led off with, I didn't bury the lead, is Tom King okay? Because he seems like a man that's very depressed. Go ahead, Kale. I I don't know what you want me to say to that. I think that's you're reading so much into that. That's like yeah. Uh, you're probably right. It's unfair for me to speculate, but that's my reading of it is like, yikes, is he all right? I don't care if like, he's all right. I only care <laughs> about what's on the page. And I'm not all right based on what I just read. Not because it's depressing, but because I'm frustrated with this book. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, but you're having a reaction, and that's that's half oh, the battle. Oh, come so. on. What a cop-out <laughs> response. Oh, Marco, do you have any other uh, kind of? I, I want to hear if you have any other kind of takeaways here. Uh, no, man. It's just like there's not like I, I don't know what else there is here. That's it, I don't know what else it's offering uh, or serving to the story. Like I, I'm just reading it. Like there's nothing larger there yet. Yeah. No, but like, but like the story isn't told. So what? I understand that. But you, like, I, but like, I don't know what the threads are for the story yet. Listen, like it, it's there, but it's loose. Yeah, in this, because you're looking at threads. In the same the amount the quilt of time, isn't put together yet. Yeah, but you know if it's gonna be a piece of shit or not. In the same <laughs> amount of time with Doomsday Clock, three issues deep, every single person on this podcast was over the moon. Okay, and it hasn't disappointed us yet. The story wasn't told. Tom King isn't Jeff Johns, and. The story's still not told. It could fall flat fucking apart. That's true. But there's still, You're but we wrong. would still have had seven issues that were great. Just because if eight to 12 are trash. We could still se- have six issues that are great here. Yeah, we that's absolutely could. But that doesn't make these issues not shit. They're still going to be what they were. And, and Kale, I, I think you're, I think you're right in that if it does if it does pick up and start threading things kind of organically and nicely in the next six issues, it will it will make these three issues less bad. Bullshit. Because ultimately, well, let me finish my thought. <laughs> ultimately, when you read a, for me at least, when you read a book, if it starts out bad and ends better, it's it that's better than a book starting out good and ending bad. Sticking the ending is perhaps the most important part of a story arc. And if you can't land the ending, it 
really waters down the impact. If Tom can turn this around the next six issues, then I think there's merit to what you're saying, Kale. My issue is based off these three issues, I don't see that as a likely outcome. Now, let me be clear. I don't, I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm saying this issue worked for me because I see threads and I think I can see where it's going. And you like where it's going. I like what I think is going to happen. Okay. You just said you thought that the machine was going to be the cause of all this and that you didn't like that idea. So if you're invested based on your own premise, but you think the premise is bad, it sounds to me like you like it because you like that you think you have it figured out, which has nothing to do with the quality of the book itself, which is not Hi. Kale's just trying to revive the Kale is right segment of the show. <laughs> I listen, I never said it was good. Oh my I'm I'm done. I I said I it worked leave. for me. I have to leave. Roll back the tape, Marco. I said it worked for me. I never said you said it was good, but how can you sit here and say you've argued with me and Phil for 15 minutes about a book you don't even think is good? Why are we here? What are we doing? Listen, we've been here for 110 fucking episodes. You goddamn tell me. Oh my god, chill. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't. I just, I can't. I can't. Um. He, he's trying to argue that it could be good. He's pulling at me. That's <laughs> I can't, what's happening here. I can't he's choke you because you're be in good. Europe, so I want to choke myself. How can you defend this? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't. Don't choke yourself. Leave that for the long box at this point. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the art, because the art's pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> After all that, we have to talk about the art. Yeah, the art was the best part. Yeah, the art it was good. Yeah, the art's it was great. <laughs> the art's actually fantastic, and it's been the best part of the series, I think, for yeah. the past three issues. Um, Lee I, uh, Weeks. I didn't even. Good. I I didn't even realize it was Lee Weeks until until the end. Like there were a couple of there were a couple of panels. Uh, at at the end, the the Harley booster bit, uh, I so I didn't even realize that it was that the art had changed until her face looked just different enough. Right. What what I'd rather talk about is the fact that I figured out who Lee Weeks worked with on Daredevil. It was Anna Chanty of all people. Ah. Wow. Okay. Which is uh, one of the most underrated Daredevil runs, which I'd rather talk about than this book at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right well the art was very good in this issue you're right sean um and when you have when you have lee weeks uh Clayman, and mr raz as like your kind of uh penciling trio uh it's hard for the art to look bad that's yeah yeah to be... that's at least uh, a 75 on on a on a book scale so mitch mitch didn't contribute to this book well i thought we said he did he's, he's gonna he's, be yeah he's working on the ah. other flashback issue that's coming a little. Well, later. still, that's that that when you have those three working on this series, then yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and I think for like even the the coloring on this was pretty solid. The way they used uh, like faded colors uh, and more flat colors because this is sort of a flashback. 
uh, especially like in the segments where he's in sort of that uh, the cerebro space, I guess. <laughs> it's catching on. It's like the time we called uh, Ragulzar Ragu. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so just, I, I just want to end with a, a quick question for you guys. Is, is this series for you beyond redemption? Do you, no. if you, if you weren't on this podcast, would you be buying issue four? Would you, would you be reading issue four? Uh, yes, but only because it's Tom King and, uh, based off of his previous work, I trust him. This though, I don't think is beyond redemption. But it, I would be following it just because I trust Tom King and ideally he delivers. Kale, I'm a trade waiter, so I mean I'm buying the book anyway. But you would you would buy you would buy the trade even if you had heard that it was bad. I would at least check it out from the library. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, if I were, uh, go ahead. It's not it's not beyond redemption for me. Like if anything for me this issue this issue did a lot more for me than than the first two. Um this this issue is beginning to deliver on the premise. And that's what I'm here for for me. I I would have dropped this after issue 1 if we weren't doing the podcast because your boy <laughs> Phil has no patience for things he doesn't enjoy. Wow. Not even uh, for Tom. And Pete would ridicule the crap out of me for that. Oh, a classic Phil. Listen, you're busy. You don't have money to waste either. I get it. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, however, I don't want to drop it now because of the context of the podcast. Kale has me wanting to read the rest. Is could be good rhetoric here. Fucking wrote me in. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so he if, he really, he really got me. If this series remains bad, does this change Tom King's stance and status within comics? Yeah, I think it does actually. Comics? Well, I, no, I disagree. I think it'll I, hurt it. I think it hurts it. I don't think it changes it, but I think it hurts it. And and, yeah. and the reason being is this is a major, major event. And this is a guy who people have been starting to really talk up as being a modern great. I remember a year and a half ago when we were visiting Pete, we had this conversation of, uh, of whether or not Tom King is the modern Frank Miller kind of writer. And he could, and he very well could be. I'm not taking that away from him. But... Frank Miller's blemishes did not come this early in his career. They came much later. And for Tom to have any kind of blemish this early in his career is a bit of a red flag, particularly on a massive crossover book, a massive event book like this that apparently doesn't have a ton of editorial interference. So I think this, I don't think, I don't think this tarnishes his reputation or anything, but it, I think, I think it does impact at least short term how people view him as a and, and like the tiers of writers you know it's like it'll be like the thing of oh tom tom came somewhere with, with a new book say, oh yeah but his last book wasn't great that kind of thing yeah, sure that's true uh, I, I disagree um i think i think his longer run on batman will serve more uh will will say more about 
his chops than uh, 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 um, uh, I guess this isn't a, a, a it's not a mini series, right? Uh, an event, an event, it's called an event. Yeah, an event that you know those are notoriously stressful for the big two, and you know they are hard to do. And better writers than him have failed and have done fine. The problem with that is that Batman is very divisive. That's what I was. There are say. a lot of people very much hate that book. I'm a reader of Batman, and it's 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 very uneven when it's good it's one of the best books when it's not good it's really bad and um that was actually the first time that i knew that tom king had this in him he had that he had this kind of writing in him because he does it over in batman and sometimes he like the last couple issues of batman that i read i was blown away by how good they were the issues right before that i thought were god awful so, I, I and and the internet has been a lot harsher on him for that run than I personally have in my mind. So <laughs> the internet's already turning on Tom. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long the love affair is going to last. I don't. Th- I think it's over. I think the love affair is over with the internet. Remains to be seen. Um, but I am interested in whether or not anyone outside of this space is reading this book and what you guys are thinking about it. So, if you're a listener of ours and you're reading Heroes in Crisis, I'd love to hear uh, if you're enjoying it, if you hate it, and uh, how much your opinions vary from ours. There are plenty of ways that you can get at us to talk about this. Uh, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. We are on social media at the Comics Pals. If you're on YouTube, you can... Leave us a comment on YouTube uh, answering that question or talking about anything we talked about on this or any other episode of this show. Uh, You can hit us with a like. You can share the video with your friends and subscribe to our channel for more awesome content like this. Uh, Keep in mind, we do have the Pride of Baghdad book club out now. And coming real soon, we'll have Klaus and Aquaman 2 for December. Those holiday gifts from the Comics Pals to you. Um, so stay tuned for those. Read along. Get 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 those as a gift for your friend, and then tell them to listen to our show where we're talking about it, so that we can share the gift together. Let's do some plugs, Kale. What's up, Internet? You can find me, Pete, <laughs> at Loud underscore Pete. I'm on the Video Game Pals on Tuesdays. I uh, do. Uh, Pete, did you forget your... Yeah, I did, man. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Bravo! He's a tour de force, the Kale is. Even seeing Kale move that way is so weird because that's not him at all. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but he was doing all these like hand gestures and stuff. To imitate being Pete. Pete, man. They're, they're energetically very opposite people. Yeah. I get, I'll, get, I'll give you guys this. I give a lot of shit to method actors, but there's something there. <laughs> uh, you can find Pete with Thompson on uh, uh, Pals Play on YouTube. Uh, they're doing a, a great uh, Let's Go Eevee series right now that I, uh, I'm i all about. Yeah, it's um, been good. I'm actually pretty excited to get that game. That's the Video um, Game Pals YouTube channel. On the Video Game Pals YouTube, yeah. Um... 
He's also on uh, Loot Pots, on the Potscast, um, and that's some other video game thing that's not affiliated here, so uh, fuck them. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at TotoInto, that's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. Marco. You can find me, at Mr. Marco Animoto, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I haven't been reading as much this week oh i've been reading um right or wrong from dirk manning that's been a lot Ooh, of fun nice. uh so if you guys i gotta get a copy want, of that yo pick it up it's really good you look at it in french okay phil how do you follow that up follow me at cyber bebop <laughs> this has been an interesting episode folks i loved it <laughs> uh and as for me i'm on twitter and instagram at sean soapbox Hit me up to talk about your favorite Tom King moments. We talked about a lot of negative stuff here towards the end, and I really like to end the show that way. So let's talk about our favorite Tom King moments. And with that, we're the video game, or the video game pals. The comic. Oh, oh God. What? Sorry. That's the, the, oh. last, the last podcast I did was the video game pals, Jesus. and I guess I was still stuck in that headspace. A somehow. week ago? Yeah, a week uh. ago. Uh, <laughs> let me try again. We are the Comics Pals, signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. The hills are alive with the sound of suicide. <laughs> with squads, they-